Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. Welcome to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Here, we dive into topics that reach far beyond the salon. I'm your host, Misty Jane. I'm a life and money coach for stylists who are obsessed with personal growth. I help you enhance your mindset around money, build a business that lights you up, and create a life of peace. Me and my guests are on a mission to normalize the wealthy stylist while creating a safe space to be perfectly imperfect. Wanna join me? then you're in the right place. Hello there, friends. Welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. Today I'm chatting with my friend Britt Carmichael. She's World by Britt on Instagram, and we are talking all about finding your people. I love chatting with her because she is like my woo-woo uh, sparkle magic unicorn pink princess, right? <laughs> Where I come to the conversation with a little bit more of the, I call it logistical woo-woo, which you've probably heard me say on here before. So chatting with Brit is always amazing. And chatting about something that I find extremely important. I remember a time in my life where I thought that what I wanted was unrealistic. I thought that there was going to be nobody in my world that would support the ideas that I had have. And it wasn't till I started stepping outside of the box and doing all of the things that we're going to talk about in this podcast that I realized that I was worthy of finding people that were like-minded, people that aren't just going to help me get where I want to be, but that are we are there to support each other and finding a almost a different kind of friendship. So today we're talking all about finding your people because again, it is such an important aspect of your personal and your business and, and all, all the growth, right? You know I love talking about growth. So before we get into this episode, I wanted to remind you the wait list for my next group coaching course is open. It will be launching this fall. If you are on the wait list, you're going to get all kinds of special things. You're going to get first pick. I'm keeping it intimate. We are talking all about money beyond the chair, okay? I want to help you get your financial shit together. We're talking about growth. Let me tell you right now, I mean, again, if you listen to this podcast, you know this, but getting your financial shit together is the ultimate form of self-care, 
If you feel like money stresses you out, if you feel like you don't have enough of it, if you feel like you do not know where it is going once you bring it home, this course is for you. I want you to take control of your financial situation so that you can feel in control of the opportunities that are going to be presented to you throughout your life. How many times do you stop doing something or you worry you can't do something because of your financial situation, right? It's a risk that you're not willing to take. I want you to get out of that cycle and I want you to step into having your financial shit together and feeling good about your financial decisions. So if this sounds like you and you are looking for, here we go, a community and the support through coaching, through like-minded people who are going through the same thing, then this group coaching is for you. I'm going to link the waitlist in the bio, go ahead and click on that. And if getting out of debt is your shit, right? You don't want the support, you don't want the accountability, all you want is a straight up plan on how you can get out of debt. I'm also gonna link my Bye Bye Debt mini course, it's $47, and it is literally a Bye Bye Debt calculator for you. It's going, to, all you do is plug in your information and it is going to give you that plan. This is for my DIYers, or if you want to be a part of the group and you just don't wanna wait, right? <laughs> you just wanna get this plan started, it's perfect for you as well. So all these links are in the bio. Check them out and enjoy this amazing conversation about finding your people with Britt Carmichael. So I feel like I want to start this episode <laughs> with a logistical brain and a woo-woo brain walk into a bar. <laughs> Britt, welcome back to the Cash Confident Stylist. <laughs> Thank you so much. I freaking love you, Misty. And it's so fun to put our powers together because we always uncover such beautiful wisdom that backs each other up and backs up the way that we both think and approach things from just different perspective. Yes, I love it. And I'm excited about our topic today because we're going to talk about community, finding your people, you know, that whole direction. But before we start, tell the people who are you and what do you do? Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. I'm Brittany Carmichael. I am the founder of Shine School, an empowerment coach and luxury retreat host to help women heal and find their power. I have worked behind the chair of my luxury OMG hairstyles, vegan hair salon for the last 15 years, holding sacred space for women to find their confidence from within. And the journey of witnessing thousands of women share how they think and feel about themselves paired with my own near-death experience and my mom's you know, paralyzing stroke story just sent me on a journey of self-discovery. So now I'm on a mission to empower others to find their unique sparkle magic. I absolutely love that. So Britt and I met, did we meet for the first time at a retreat or did we meet? I don't ex remember exactly, but it was some type of hair community event was the first time that we met. And I think that this is like a perfect topic for us because we have both been to lots of various classes, retreats, experiences, whatever you want to call all the things. And you create them yourself, which is awesome. So for me, they have completely changed my life. Like I remember like being the stylist that like felt like there was other people like me out there, but I could not find them. I couldn't find them in my suites. I couldn't find them in the salons I worked at. I couldn't find them locally. And I, I just had this like feeling that like, if I go to these things and if I go to where other people were like, I'm attracted to this thing, 
other people that are attracted to it are going to be there. I was going to find my people. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so I kind of want to talk about this a little bit. Um, how has community kind of changed your life? Oh my gosh. It's everything because I grew up in a small country town of less than 300 people. Can you imagine me in a small little country, Texas town with three, did you have pink hair? Uh, you know, it started when I moved to the town with 2000 people. So got it. I was, I was expanding, you know, I was tired of being, I always say I was a star shoved in a square shaped box. Can you imagine me in a town with 200 people? I've always been the fucking weirdo. I've always had the judgments. I've always had the, wow, look at that bright light over there. And not just like in a negative way, but also in a like, damn, like she has some energy. Like it just, you know, sparkle magic. It shines from the inside and it, it, it disappeared for a long time because I shoved myself into that box and went down that depression rabbit hole and all the things. But what I learned in growing up in that small country town is that I felt alone, that I felt different, that I felt like nobody really understood me. So my whole life has literally been, where's my fucking community? Where are the people who get me? Where are people who accept the me that is me and not the masks that is people pleasing. And so it, it, yeah, small country town, small schools led me to move to a different high school my senior year. Cause I was like, I'm done with this. I'm done with the small minded thinking. I got to find more new people. And I found my one or two weirdos at that school and then carried on to, to keep on investing in community and where are they and how do I bring them together? And luckily working behind the chair as a stylist that has really brought a, a huge sense of a community and, and put me into contact with so many different people and walks of life that I probably would have never even given in the time of day back, you know, my 20 year old self would have never even opened up to like have those conversations about religion or where you're from or how you grew up or what you think, or, you know, it, it kind of forced me to open my mind to think differently. So I'm very grateful for the community and the sense of family that I received from behind the chair. But even beyond that, I had to go and create community online in person and in so many different forms and fashions. And I'm sure we'll dive into that, but it has been it has been since the jump (laughs) community has been the most important thing. Uh, You know, in a study of longevity, they, they found that the one common thread and the people that are living to the oldest ages, isn't the food or the blue zones or the workouts or, or the Zen life. It actually is their relationships and connections to people. I went to a Brendan Bruchard um, high performance Academy uh, experience. And that was the number one, Sorry, Brendan, but that was the number one takeaway. I walked away from that retreat conference because that really reminded me of like, why are we even doing the work that we're doing? Because it usually involves other people. And if we're not serving and loving and connecting and opening up and having that intimate like experience with others, then what, like, what are we really doing? Yes. Yes. It's so true. Um, it's interesting because I was having this conversation with one of my clients this week, actually, and we were talking about, and she listens to the podcast. I've talked about her a couple of times. She knows who she is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she's going to love this. Um, but we were talking about kind of the same thing, right? Like being like, when I feel like, and I I've been reflecting on this with myself as well. Like, I feel like when you, when you grow up a certain way or you grow up around certain people, you have certain friends, you're kind of always having the same conversation, especially if you're doing the same things, right? Like, you know, um, even around money, like if, if I'm complaining that I'm broke, the person next to me is probably complaining that they're broke. Like there's always like this like camaraderie and that's kind of how you found each other. Right. Well, then you start getting this feeling of like, I feel like I, I, need more, or I could be more, but I don't know how to navigate it. 
And a lot of times when we stay in our circle, not saying that the circle is always bad, but sometimes we need to find people outside of the circle that think differently, that help us think differently. Because if we stay in that circle, we are constantly getting validated of what we are doing that is not working. At that level too. Yes. Yeah. Like it'll, there's no room to grow. Exactly. Yeah they, say, yeah. they say you're the makeup of the five closest people you keep, you know, it like takes me back to like my, my space, like top five or top eight or whatever. Like so funny how that really is true because they're reflecting back their values, their ideas. And it's like, you're in that container with that much information. And, um, you know, it's like, if you have one book versus 10 books, like if you have 10 books, you know, 10 different types of people who have different perspectives, then you're going to learn a lot more and grow faster. You know, what's funny when I first started the whole like online thing. So I I started listening to the women in my chair. I feel alone. Nobody gets me. I'm like, oh damn, you too. Like, shoot, like same girl. So I I was going to say, and you hear five people say the same thing that they feel alone. You're like, we should all just get together. That's literally what happened. Six years ago, I was like really into the moon and full, you know, the new moon phase, the let's manifest and do all the rituals. It was like what I was like, eat, sleeping and breathing. And so I'm like, you know what, let's just gather all these cool hair clients. And that's how it started with my hair clients. Let's gather all these people that I know personally and bring them together for a full moon ritual. And like, let's just hang out. And I don't know if you know this, but the full moon and new moon are every two weeks. And so I was committed for it's been six years other than 2020. I've shown up for every full moon and new moon. I dropped off the new moon a few years ago. Cause I'm like, bro, I'm tired. <laughs> and I really like hold space for healing and release versus manifesting because you can't manifest and call something into your life if there's no room to put it. So for mm-hmm. me, my job is to clear all the space and the negative beliefs and the blocks and the fears and the doubts and all the darkness uh, with that sparkle magic and shining that light to make space. So I, I know y'all, I know your power. You will manifest when you put your mind to it. And if you come hang out and you surround yourself with community that elevates their mindset and believes that it's possible, I have no doubt that you'll succeed. But what I know to be true is that if you're still holding on to the old beliefs and the old systems and the old fears, then you're going to stay the same. So, um, yeah, I brought these women together. 12 people showed up at my first one. I think I threw a Halloween party at one and two people showed up. I'm like, whatever my (laughs) mind and my ego wanted to be so like, what, like what, but those two people, well, here's what was funny about this, Misty. Those two people both were getting a divorce from their narcissist partner and they had the exact same wedding anniversary date, which I'm like, what are the odds that we're sitting here in Halloween costumes? Y'all are both divorcing your partner and y'all have the same exact like anniversary date. So for me, that was my moment of like, we don't need to judge the number of friends. Chris has always taught me I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I realized it, what is, what is my purpose? What is my, why? Like my, why is to help hold space for people to heal, not to have 50 people in the room for the gram. And right. so in that, moment, that changed everything and really showed me the power of community and what it, what it can be for someone. It could be life changing for someone to just listen to them. And so we get asked all the time uh, on the elevated life podcast, how do you make friends as an adult, like, um, walk up to them and say, hi, my name's Brittany. And just don't be a dick. And it's real simple. Like that's all you have to do. There's really not a hard, it's, it's not hard, but we make it hard. And that was something you and I were chatting about is just, why do we make it so hard? Why do we make life harder than it has to be? Why do we make being ourselves harder than it doesn't even need to be hard. It should just be effortless because it's us who knows us and how to be us more than us. <laughs> us, right. Well, and that's interesting because I remember the first time I went to hair love retreat, that was like the first, well, I had went to other classes where I met people, but this was the first time it was like numerous days 
with people I did not know. And I remember during one of the workshops, um, somebody stood up and said um, her limiting belief was that people don't like her. And I remember hearing her talk and I like felt every word she said, because I was like, oh my God, I have that limiting belief. And I didn't even know I had it. Right. Like I was like, oh, I have friends, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, no, I really think people aren't going to like me like to the core of who I am, I really think people aren't going to like me. And it was like the end of the workshop. I went up, I gave her a hug. We are still friends to this day. As a matter of fact, she's going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Um, and, uh, it was like such a moment of like, I'm not alone. And like, just because we have these thoughts doesn't mean that they're true. And like, you can find people that are going to like remind you that they're not true. And like, it was just kind of the start of like, when you find your people, everything in your life can change. And before we started recording, we were talking about um, kind of how I have bad days. We all have bad days, right? Like when I have bad days, now I have people where I will call them and I will be like, look, I'm having a bad day. Remind me who the fuck I am. And they do. And I'm like, awesome. Feel better. Move on. You know what I mean? Keep going. And I think I think people need to realize that they need to find their people. If you have this like feeling inside of you of like there's more or there's there's more you want for yourself or not even more like I want more, but like if something feels stuck, I guess you could probably word this way better than me. Um, <laughs> uh, you got to find your people that are going to unstick you basically. <laughs> Beautifully said. Beautifully I was going to say, do you have a better way of saying that? <laughs> You know, it's interesting because I'm thinking back to like, wow, this, this story and this conversation is so important to me. It's so important to me that when I started the shine tribe sisterhood, the online community, cause I'm like, there's not enough weirdos in Frisco, Texas. I got to find my people, people, you know, like y'all are yeah. cool, but like, where's the, you know, yeah, cause the, like most like, of my people are like all across the U S Canada, the UK, like they're everywhere. <laughs> I think we think our people have to be like our next door neighbors. Yeah. And if you live out in the country in a town with 200 people, like, no, bro, it's not happening. And so that led me to create the shine tribe sisterhood, which is, you know, it didn't have a name in the beginning. I'm like, I just need to create a group where women can come and talk and feel together. And I think, I, I think that was the start of everything is seeing that when women come together, whether it's in the goddess gatherings coming together or when whether it's the online community or even just a phone call, like you talk about the power that women possess when they come together and lift each other up and support each other and cheer each other on is unmatched. I, I think love and orgasms are probably the only other more powerful energy than women putting their heart and soul together. I've seen it time and time again. I've witnessed miracles. I've witnessed physical healing. I had this beautiful older lady who was a stage four cancer and came in with a walker and her daughter brought her, which is crazy. Cause I met her daughter and I walked into Trader Joe's and she came up. Are you Brittany Carmichael? I'm like, this is not happening. Like I'm just a normal person. I'm just trying to be at Trader Joe's. That was the first time that had ever happened. So I'm like, what the fuck? I, I months later ran into that same employee at a nature preserve on a hike like around the area. And I got out of the car and she was standing at her car next to my neck parked next to me. So I'm like, bro, I think the universe is trying to get us to connect. Like, what do you need? Like, what, where are you at in your life? Like, what, 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 like, what is going on? Like, what are you, what are you are trying you following to heal, me? child? <laughs> like where, like you're obviously in a transformation transition because that's what the universe brings me. People in transition, like I'm transforming and I'm in the mush and the chrysalis and I'm, I know my wings are there, but I'm just I'm scared, you know? And so I'm like, what do you need? Come get a haircut. Let me just cut your hair. Let me figure out what you need 
and we'll start with the hair, you know, and she came and got her haircut, all the things, amazing shit unfolded. But later she brought her mom to my goddess gathering. That's how we got to know each other. The woman came in on a walker and her name was Caroline. So of course we had to sing sweet Caroline. Cause I'm sure every fucking person named Caroline is their theme song. So yeah. I literally just had this conversation like two days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot. So yeah. <laughs> we all like, she stands up and she just tells us like, what we need to know about life and live life to the fullest. And I mean, we're watching this woman dying, telling us how we should live more and be happy and be joyful. And we're like fucking in tears. It's the craziest thing. And, you know, she was so weak. And I mean, it was like, Oh, I'm not feeling a lot of time left on you, sis. It was like grim feeling, but like, thank you for being here. And the energy of the room, she just starts crying. Like, I feel so good. I've not felt this good in so long. And she got up and walked out the front door without her walker and her daughter's yelling, Oh my God, what are you doing? I've seen warts come off of people. Like, I feel like I'm back in my old, like preacher father, Christian days where it's like, oh, you be healed. You know, (laughs) I went a different direction, dad. I'm sorry. I just couldn't go there, but I want to help people heal, you know? So I had no intention of that ever happening. The first event I ever did, I had a woman say, I almost turned around in the parking lot because I didn't think I would one fit in and two be able to sit here with my back pain for three hours at your event. What I learned from her, the second gathering she came to, she said, I wrote my mom's name down in the burn the bullshit bowl and I let go and I forgave her and I don't feel any more back pain. And that was the first story where I was like, holy fucking shit, man. Like, what are we doing? Like, what is happening? It's not me. It's us as a collective with our hearts open and our minds clear and our intentions pure. And that to me has the power to change someone's life, period. So why yeah. I do I started hosting the retreats that that lady right there was why I started hosting the retreats. I'm like, then we need to do this for longer. We need more time together. Can you imagine what would happen if we were together for a week's time versus like three hours every month? Like let's fucking go. And I love to travel and I'm a bougie high-class hippie. So I'm like, let's go. Like, let's go to those like places and do the healing. Like let's make it happen. So it was all born from bringing women together and seeing the power that we possess. So yes, women will help unstick you because, um, you know, like we're the only ones in our way and women serve as a beautiful representation and a reflection of our own power and our own strength. And we, like you said, have to be reminded of who the F we are and it, it, it can be done so beautifully if we would just stop comparing and stop criticizing our own self. Well, there's so much fear behind like stepping into a new space, right? There's like fear of time investment, money investment, and then most of all of judgment and belonging, Mm -hmm. you know, that's always like the big fear. Like what, again, what if people don't like me? What if people are judging me? What if I'm not wearing the right outfit? What if I'm not this? What if I'm not that? That's what used to go through my mind. Like, what if I don't fit in, especially with hairstylists, you know, you go to like a stylist event or whatever, and like everyone's dressed to the nine you know, in your mind, everyone looks better than you. At least that's how I used to think, you know, it's like everyone had more to offer than me. All of these lies that I was telling myself to keep myself where I was, right? Like I was like, my mind was like, no, 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 just stay home. Just stay home. You're fine home, you know? Um, and it's interesting to think about now because I walk in very differently now. And, mm-hmm. and I think that it's like a muscle. It's like anything else, right? Right those first couple things I went to were so uncomfortable. It was so uncomfortable to walk in. It was worth it when I walked out times a thousand, but walking into it was so uncomfortable. Now, shit, 
I'll go to a retreat and be like, Hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you know. I know my, my advice to those people who are still having those thoughts. What if people don't like me? What if I don't fit in? What if I'm not this? Or what if I'm not that my three simple words to, to say to yourself, who fucking cares? Who fucking cares? What, who are they? My, my, uh, like how I get by the judgment and criticism is if you don't know my middle name, then your opinion doesn't count. So period, because you I would say that me. with my last name. Cause everyone knows my middle. Yeah, name. Everybody oh, does know yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Exactly. Well, see, no one would know your last name. You go by Misty Jane, you know? Right. No, but my clients in the salon that I've been doing for like 15 years don't even know my last name. <laughs> well, then there you can adapt it to your, to fit your, you know, like your realm. <laughs> yeah. That has always been my, like, just my barometer of like, you don't really know me. You like, how, why would I allow someone who has never met me to project their own inadequacy, their own fear, their own self-doubt, their own criticism. And that's for me, you know, when you learn to love yourself, when you stop criticizing yourself, when you stop judging yourself, you accept the dark parts of yourself and the great parts of yourself. You can sit comfortably knowing your integrity, your value, your worth, um, your standards, your authenticity, all of those take time to understand, you know, like, it's not like we go to college and figure it out in a workbook, you know, like fuck, maybe a journal, but like, holy shit, it takes time. But when you establish who you are and you have that solid foundation of, and sense of self, you can walk into any room like you do now, Misty, with that confidence and knowing who you are and feel like, hello, I can't wait to meet amazing people. I've got amazing energy to offer. Like this is about to be fucking epic. Whereas when we all walk in with our hearts closed and protected, we're not even bringing our energy or what we are so afraid of other people judging us for. We're not even presenting. So we're getting judged on the thing that isn't even us and perpetuating this fucked up mental cycle to prove that what you focus on tends to be realized. So it, and it's all to just build confidence in yourself so that you realize, well, I actually got through that. It wasn't so bad stepping outside my comfort zone. Like, maybe I can do it again. And, you know, some people take a little bit longer with the lessons than others, <laughs> but if you would just get to the, you know, I always ask Chris to give a little advice to the women at the retreat on night one. Cause you can tell people are nervous. Like when we roll the, uh, retreat tapes back of like testimonials, the fucking same line out of every girl's mouth. I was scared of the girls. I was scared of not fitting in. I was scared. People weren't going to get me. I mean, we have clips of so many fucking women back to back to back saying the same line when they were in a different room alone recording it. It wasn't like they were listening and like, yep, that's going to be my answer too. Cause I yep. do notice that women will adopt other people's answers when they don't know who they are. So that was genuinely pure. The number one thing everyone was afraid of people won't accept me. Well, it, when you accept you, honey, let me tell you the truth. You won't give a fuck about other people's opinions. Cause they're not as good as yours period. <laughs> and I love that you said yourself, that. You well, know, I love that you said that too, because I feel like that is exactly what helped me kind of release my fear was knowing other people felt the same. Like you walk in a room and you just think that everyone else is confident and everyone else knows more than you and everyone else, you know, and you don't realize that, no, they're probably feeling exactly the same. That's what I was telling my client. I was like, cause she's just somebody that I, I she needs to go to in-person stuff. I was like, you have got to go to something, find whatever it is that you resonate with. You belong in these rooms. Trust me. And, um, I told her, I said, you're going to be scared, but everyone that you sit next to is also nervous. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, that's what for me, what kind of like opened me up is like, Oh wait, you're nervous too. Oh, you, you think people don't like you too. Oh my God, let's be friends. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and that's why literally introducing yourself with your name and being like, Hey, what's up? I'm Brit. Like, tell, like, who are you? Tell me about yourself. That's all it takes to, to soften the wall, to like open the door to go, Oh, wow. They're not as scary as they, as I think they might be. I mean, I remember when Chris and I joined a CrossFit gym back in um, 2012, Chris had long black hair. We were like, you know, like, I think I had like flaming red hair and just crazy piercings and like all the things like we looked intimidating, but we were still the same kind, loving people. We've definitely grown in grace and maturity for sure. So I will, <laughs> I will say we were not the exact same people, but we still had a kind heart. You know, we were still, we were, we were literally joining up for a CrossFit gym to find community, not to work out. We do that all, oh, we do that right. already. You know, we're like going to the gym to find our community. And I remember the most fit, youngest, hottest, firefighty looking fucking holy shit guy who looks tough as hell, you know, cause he's like huge. He was like, Oh my God. Do you think that they're going to be mean? Like, do you think, cause he had like, oh, he used to be very overweight in high school. So he still has the same mentality right. of like, people aren't going to like me. People are going to be mean and make fun of me. And, um, when he came over, he would come over and we'd all like, when we were paleo, we'd barbecue out and all the things, um, he would come over. And when he told us that I was like, are you fucking kidding? Like, really? So even like the people that you wouldn't even think, I mean, I've hung out with some CEOs of, you know, major salon businesses, companies that we're, that we all probably use in our business. And when I do readings for them, the biggest thing that comes up is imposter syndrome. I'm like, bro, it's a million dollars to operate your shit a month. Yeah. And you got imposter syndrome. <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Okay. So it doesn't matter what level you're at, what expertise you're at, where you're start, what chapter one chapter, it doesn't matter. We all come into this well, we all come in confident. Let's really start there. We all come in with confidence, but we leave it along the road somewhere in our past. When some authoritarian figure says you're not good enough, or you're not worthy of having that confidence, we just drop it off and leave it there somewhere for us to later reclaim. And that's the mission I'm on is helping women to go back and reclaim that power that they dropped off somewhere because we were all born screaming for fucking food, love, and attention. We knew what we wanted and we knew we were worthy of receiving it, but somewhere that story got twisted and the job that I'm here to do is to remind you who the fuck you are. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. I want to backtrack a little bit because you talked earlier about making space and this is something I don't think I fully understood what it meant until this year. Um, I had went to an experience in the spring, like a business education thing. And I came home and was literally like, I have to purge my closet. I'm not these clothes anymore. I'm not this. I'm not like, it was the weirdest. Like I've never felt that way before. I've never felt like the old me has to go and the new me, I need to make space for the new me. And it's funny because it was not like, not, the experience had nothing to do with any of that. You know what I mean? But it was like something clicked in my mind after that of like, no, 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 this, no, this just has to go. And I, I think how would you explain that to somebody like me last year who doesn't fully understand what it means to make space for what it is that you want? Yeah. I mean, it can mean multiple things. It can mean physical, emotional, and mental space where if we're talking mental, it's you slowing your mind down and not worrying so much and projecting fears out into the future and actually just being present with calm trust and confidence that what you've decided on will be. So I think that's just like, obviously way easy to say and, uh, fucking years of practice. Right. Well, so and a good example of that is like when you take a shower and all the, the thoughts flood through or when you exercise and all the thought, 
th- thought, I can't talk today. That sucks when you have a podcast, <laughs> you know, all the thought, like you have to like clear your minds for the right stuff to come in, which is, yeah. If you want to tap into your intuition, you can't hear that channel through the noise of the streaming, like, you know, consciousness. So you've got to learn to make space by getting your mind quiet. That's why we practice yoga. That's why we practice meditation. We're making space between thoughts. You know, they, they, they say you have like 90 plus thousand. I think that's just, I've seen multiple studies, so I don't know what to say, but it's a fucking lot of thoughts every day. Right. Um, so the science, I don't trust the science on that. I just know it's a lot, right. But when you practice meditation, meditation means cessation of thought, right? So it means no thought meditation isn't let's manifest our future and visualize and plan and get our feelings in the body. Like that's one thing. And that's one practice. And a lot of people are doing that and calling it meditation, but meditation is actually getting your mind to cease in thinking. And for a lot of people that seems impossible. And that's why we call it a meditation practice, not a meditation. Perfect. Like we all fucking suck. That's why we have to like breathe and quiet that crazy thing down. So I think one becoming aware of our thoughts and seeing how much mental energy and space are you taking up? Are there moments of silence in your mind where you're just here and is, and not like, Oh, I gotta be doing this. Or I gotta be doing that. Or like, oh, I cannot believe she said that. Like, what the fuck, you know? Cause there's, when you get like, when you get cross funny, you can't help your mind goes on this, like, Mm -hmm. like replay, replay, replay. But I would never watch a bad movie twice. Hell, Chris pulled me out of Tropic Thunder within the first 10 minutes at our, one of our first movie dates. He was like, fuck this movie. This sucks. So why do we do that with our mind? Mm -hmm. Why do we do that with our mind? Why do we allow that same mental movie to play over and over again? So when we talk about making space, I would say detoxing the closet is fucking great, but where you really want to make space is in your mind. And that allows then the emotions to relax because your mind's not triggering your body to respond like, okay, I'm thinking these crazy thoughts. Okay. Body produce those chemicals to feel that way, you know? So you like create this wild cycle. Um, and then the physical space, yes. Clearing out the closet, the things that actually, when I was getting, when I was getting ready for this call, one of the thoughts that came through that I was shown that I was going to share, I'm like, that's random was about feng shui. I was told you need to talk about feng shui because you need to remind people that if you're holding on to physical energy of people or think things that remind you of people that you don't like photographs of people that don't bring you good energy that is in your home on your Facebook on your whatever like they gotta go like that is create clogging energy in the system and especially if you look at any of those physical representations of things and you feel resistance towards it then that's not a good vibe in your environment and that ties to our root chakra which is the foundation of everything it's our family it's our support our sense of community. So this really is the first step when you're talking about the energetic chakra system, the first uh, base layer of all the work and healing that has to be done starts in the root chakra, which governs our finances and our connection to our community and where we fit into the whole picture. So a lot of people are trying to operate in like, I want to be intuitive and I want to talk to my grandma and all the things, but like, bro, if you can't, if you don't feel like you have grounded sense of self community to lean on abundance, to support you, like, yeah, right, man, this world is crazy. You don't open your mind up to that yet. So physical space, absolutely. Mental space, a fucking must. Yes. Yeah. So what would you say to the person who's listening to this and they're like, okay, I know that there's some things in my life that I need to let go of. They're not serving me anymore, but I don't know how, whether it's a person, Mm -hmm. whether it's, you know, I think a lot of times the person part is the hardest, right? Mm -hmm. Whether you have an old friend that like, you know, I don't know. I'm just going to use an example, like always want you to go out drinking, but you know, that it's not like serving you anymore, you know, something like that. Like, 
like, what would you say to them on kind of the first steps to like make the space for their new ideas, their new life, whatever, whatever we're talking about. And yeah, learn the word. No, yeah. Oh man, it's real simple. It's just know that that's not going to work for me today. Sorry. I can't make that happen. Would you like to go get tea on Tuesday at noon when the sun's up? Yeah. Like I I have a rule with my oldest brother. If he calls after nine o'clock, I know he's drunk. No way. Mm. I won't answer the phone. If he calls me during the daylight, I'll answer as a way to show him the boundary. Right. So it takes practice. It's not easy when you're building new boundaries. It's very uncomfortable, but if you want to grow, you've got to stop worrying that you're going to hurt people's feelings or, I mean, you're not, don't be a dick. Let's just say that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not going to be like, you're an alcoholic and I don't want to be a part of your life anymore. You know, like don't be aggressive, but just be firm and fair, firm and fair, fair to yourself and firm in your boundaries. So as a Libra, firm and fair is like a very, um, strong label that I live by because I want to, you know, speak my truth, but also honor that it may not be yours. So that's okay. And I accept and appreciate you and what you want, but maybe it's just not going to work for me. And as you know, my famous seven or above rule, that's it. I mean, seven or above everyone in your life, your clients, your husband, your partner, your, your parents, you fucking. I don't know about the kids. I, that's questionable. That's dicey. I don't well, know. Explain, I don't explain I that to the people who haven't heard you on the podcast before. Cause this, I yeah. do love that. I use this all the time, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thank you. And it's really been such a game changer for us. So many years ago, Chris uh, and I were about to go to Easter, which is kind of like a, mm, I don't really want to go a uh, holiday. All the other holidays I'm good with, but Easter is at like a weird part of town, a family member's house. It's like small, like it's just wasn't my vibe. I wanted to stay in my PJs that day. And I just told Chris, I'm feeling guilty. Like, I really feel like I should go. And he said, well, on a scale of one to 10, how bad do you want to go? And I said, Oh, like a six, like, I don't really want to go. And that was just being generous because of my family. And I do love them. So it's, even if you love the person, it doesn't saying no, or putting a boundary doesn't mean that you're taking your love away which some people do in those cases, if they're not, then it's not unconditional. Then it's not love. You know what I mean? That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but I said a six, he goes, well, babe, we're adults. We get to decide our life. I don't think we should do anything. That's not a seven or above. And that just like my brain melted. I was like, what? I have the power. Like I can decide what I like, wait, I get to decide what I eat for breakfast. I could go play skee-ball right now if I felt like it, because no one's here to tell me what to do. That was like me finally breaking free of like school routine, do what you're told, blah, 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 people, please obligation do it, but we do it anyway. Cause that's what we do. So that was me breaking all of those cycles with that simple tool, seven or above. And when I am coaching, uh, especially stylists that work or people that work with clients, ooh, pull out your list of clients. Is there anyone that's not a seven or above? And I can't tell you how many people tolerate shit. You know what I mean? Not to like call people shit, but just things that shit that doesn't align with you. You know what I mean? Like we tolerate it because we don't think that there's more out there or something different, or I, I don't, I'm not really sure what every person's individual reason is, but I think when you start to use the seven or above rule on, um, is the food I'm eating, creating health in my body, seven or above is the people that I surround myself lifting me up and making me feel good about myself versus making me feel ick or having this like mental movie replay about bullshit that's happened. Cause like, we're all guilty of that. Okay. We are all guilty of that. Um, so I think using seven or above to, to 
you know, ask your clothes, is this seven or above right now? Chris, is, Chris and I are on this, like only natural fiber situation, the plastics in the clothes block your aura. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. So now we're, you know, we're going through the detox. We just taught a natural um, healing class in the elevated life club, which sent us on this tailspin of like, let's make sure there's no extra chemicals that we're not aware of. Like all of our cleaners are, you know, natural, all the things that we're doing are natural. And then on teaching this class, we realized, holy smokes, the clothes that we're wearing aren't natural. They're man-made plastics and that's causing rashes in people, blocking the aura, all kinds of issues. So I think just using that seven or above on literally everything that you touch in your life, like give yourself 24 hours or a full week, if you really want to go dive deep and just ask everything you do, is this cup that I'm drinking out of a seven or above? And that may sound annoying or ridiculous or whatever, but it's your fucking life and you are getting that is your choice. And if you don't like it, then you're the only one that can change it. And you have to change it through awareness. And seven or above is the perfect tool to combine the logical with the numbers and the feeling of, do I really want to do this? Does this bring me joy and light me up? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second, just because I had, so I hate the grocery store, the grocery I, store. I, I like already got it. I already yeah. Got it. It's like a two, but I have to go. Right. Like, so in those situations, cause I know yep. somebody's listening, they're like, well, I got to do things I don't want to do sometimes. Right. So what, what, where do you place yep. that? Is it the yep. result of it? That has to be a higher number because obviously I like food in my refrigerator. <laughs> like- you. You're already onto it, Misty. That's it. If you can't change it or delegate it or delete it, you have to reframe it. And, you know, I, I always use the uh, example as the dishes. I don't do it, but Chris does because I don't like it. But for me, dishes aren't a seven or above. But if you think about the end result, clean dishes to eat the food on. It serves me. It's always beautiful. I love the color of my plate, you know, just like all of that, like contributes to the experience and feeling I'm going to have at dinner versus eating off paper plates. Like how I grew up in the country trailer park. You know what I mean? Oh, with the plastic holder on the bottom. Oh girl. I just fuck the plastic. I'll just hold the plate. I just fuck it. You know what I mean? Like- my dad still has them. We went out to his house last month and oh. he still has like the, the paper plate holder which yeah. is funny to me because you still kind of have to clean it because it still gets dirty. It's very confusing. <laughs> That's why I just ditched the paper, the holder. I'm like, forget right. it, man. Just one extra step. So that is the caveat. If you have to do something that's not a seven or above, you need to reframe your mind to find the gratitude of what is this going to bring me that is seven or above in my life, or use it as a meditation, use it as time to focus on your breathing, to clear out your thoughts. When Chris is doing laundry and all the household things I don't want to do, like, I don't want to do them. I'll hang up all the clothes, but I'm not washing them. I'll put the dishes, you know, whatever, but I don't want to, I'm not, I just don't like to wash things. Apparently that's my thing. Um, so he has taught me to use those moments as meditation. So if you've got to do the things that aren't maybe a seven or above, use that time to really give yourself that space, that space to go inward and not deal with the outside. Cause you don't need a lot of intellect to wash the dishes or fold the clothes or whatever. So when I'm hanging up my clothes and being OCD color coordinated, organized, all the things like your books back there, you know, I use that time to focus on my breathing and not the task at hand. It doesn't need my mental thoughts. But if I quiet my mind down, turn my awareness inward, then I can use that as an opportunity to explore my inner world and create more space through understanding where is my mind today and bringing it into the present moment so that we're not projecting out into the future or replaying the past. I love that. So I kind of use this a little bit in my coaching because, you know, people hate to pay bills. Right. And I try to reframe it. I'm like, well, what are these bills providing you? Like, you know, my bills provide me with lights on in my house. My bills 
provide me with AC. They, they provide me with comfort. And like, I feel like when you can switch that and kind of, I don't know, find the gratitude in it is the right words, but, totally. um, you know, you find, and then you look at a different, yes. Yeah. Like, and now I almost like, like paying bills. Cause I'm like, if I didn't pay these bills, I wouldn't have well, it means you have money to pay the bills and that I, yep. That's a whole nother side of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's how I feel when I pay taxes. I'm like, fuck you, but at least I have the money, you know, like, yes. I mean, it is what it is. So I think appreciation, if you really break down the word appreciation means to make more of. So when we appreciate the money, when we appreciate the good food, when we appreciate the orgasms, when we appreciate the good friends and community and the clean plates and the clean clothes, like appreciation brings our mind to focus on creating more of what we do want versus worrying about what we don't want. Chris has always said, I feel like Chris just needs to get on the podcast. I'm like, Chris, uh, why hasn't that, he know? been on it yet? Yeah, I feel no, like I need like, both of y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we want to have you on our podcast. So maybe that will bring up some really cool conversations, but you know, I'm lucky to be married to such a wise guru that happens to like be a great coach. You know, he is right. the person that he said, really is great too. I, I appreciate that so much. I, the psychic, when we first met her in 2012, looked at Chris and looked at me and she said, well, some are luckier than others referring to me being lucky. I was like, girl code, girl code. So I, I truly was blessed with a, a genuine, um, be- genius for a husband, man. So, so grateful, but he has always said, worry is living in the future and planning to fail. Mm. worry is living in the future and planning to fail. So if we're going to leave the present moment, which is all we have, which is all that's promised, at least use your creative imagination to go out there and project something you do want that makes you feel good versus like creating doom and gloom in your body in this moment when it's not even happening. I mean, if you've ever watched a movie and cried, you know that the subconscious rules the emotion. So you are crying at something that's not actually physically in reality happening, but internally your body takes it as truth. And it's like, I'm so sad. The notebook is the worst experience of my life. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. (laughs) so important on how, what we're projecting, like what we're focusing on, where our mind goes. And if we're going to leave the present moment, man, plan for the good stuff and not what you don't want, not what you yeah. don't want. Cause the, cause here's the real truth. If you want to like play out those scenarios, if you worry and you, and you get what, you know, what you focus on, you're going to get an experience, an opportunity to learn. This is why we're on this planet to learn lessons and you can shortcut the lesson learning by just fucking getting straight to the answer. And the answer is know who the fuck you are, know your power, be reminded. And that comes with this trust of taking time to actually be with yourself. We talk about finding community, but, and we use relationships as reflections to understand ourselves. but the most important relationship that you will ever cultivate is the one with you because you are with you 24 seven, not your mom, not your partner, not your dog. Nobody else is going to be with you longer than you are with your own soul. So making those regular check-in dates, I call them soul dates. And every morning I wake up first thing for me is I'm going on a date with my higher self, my soul. And I sit down and I'm consistent about that. So they, you know, like he'll always be there, but like, they know like we're okay. She's showing up. It's time. Let's go. And that's my commitment to my own personal relationship. So we talk about self-care and self-love and it sounds fun. And like, we take a bath and we go get our nails done, but like self-care and self-love is about actually knowing yourself and what you need. And one of the uh, biggest things that I'm always teaching when I'm teaching yoga, the first thing we sit down and I have them tune in, look inward, go into their heart. And I have them ask, what do I need? What do I need today? Not what does my son need or what does my partner need or what does my client need? Or like, am I out of product? 
I asked, what do I need? What do I need? And every day it's different every single day. So the people that get into those routines of like, I've got to have this structured, rigid self-care routine of like five minutes of journaling, 10 minutes of breath work, 17 minutes of yoga, 16 and a half ohm chants, like, bro, like just the consistency and you being with you is enough. It doesn't have to be so perfect and to-do listy and check, you know, check box. I think Mm -hmm. we have to know that we're so dynamic and so fluid in every moment, moment to moment, not just morning to morning, moment to moment, checking in. How do I feel right now? What do I need? Especially if you're an empath who can feel and sense other people's energy, bro. Hello. Like how, who's, is this my, that's the other question you got to ask. Is this mine? Or is this right. someone else's? And um, when you develop that internal relationship with yourself and understand the subtle nuances, all of our intuition is, we all speak a different language. We all bring, uh, our our intuition connects with each of ourselves in different ways. Some people are more visual. Some people are more auditory where they hear things. Like when they're in the shower, they might visualize this cool thing, or they might hear a phrase. Like I heard a phrase in the shower um, yesterday that was like, turn perfectionism into progress. And I'm, I got a whole fucking story to talk about that. Now that I heard that phrase, it was like, oh, okay like how do we use perfectionism to keep going versus to like make us feel like failures you know right Um, sometimes I get visuals of like you know whatever and I think we all just need to know how we operate internally and that it that takes time we've been external for so long like looking outside of ourselves for the answer but the truth is we all have that next step for ourselves within but we just don't seem to trust ourselves so we don't even go there to consult you know let's talk about the trusting ourselves yeah because that's something that I chat a a lot with that I Mm -hmm. it was like an unintentional thing with a lot of my private clients that they Mm -hmm. got in a result of their money story, right? Like changing their money story. And it's, it's been something I've been thinking about a lot lately because we're talking a lot about mindset, my, you know, mind things, but there's action behind, right? Like there has to be an action to a certain extent, because if not, I mean, you can say all day long, I'm amazing. Everything's amazing. I'm, you know, but like, if you have goals, like there's going to be some actions that need to happen. And like, a lot of times we stay away from the, those things that we want because we, are scared we can't have them or we're scared of the act. We're scared of changing because it's uncomfortable, right? So like, I feel like let's talk a little bit about that. Like how if you want to trust yourself in a space, you have to take the action to do it. You have to practice. To practice, yeah. The only way to trust is to trust. It's the same yes. in relationships too. If you've been hurt and burned, and you put that wall up, and you're like, "Well, I want to trust him, but he's got to like graft or prove or something." Like, nah, that's not ever gonna work. The only way to trust is go 100 in. But it takes time. It's baby steps. We're like trying yes. to especially if you're a perfectionist, because then you're beating yourself up. Like, well, I didn't do it perfect the first time, and that fear of doing it wrong or not getting it right, which ultimately all fears boil down to the same fear. And that is the fear of being unlovable, which is the saddest fucking thing. Like we say a fear of success or a feel a fear of failure, but the truth boils down to, if you look deeper, well, where does that come from? Where does that stem from? When you get to that bottom root of all of our deepest fears, it's fear of being unlovable. So when you continue to show up and consistently do the work, the practice, the action is yeah. not just like, I love myself. And in the morning, I'm like not working out or not eating clean or doing the fucking embodying the actual work, like taking that aligned action, um, then, you know, you know, what is the point? And so I 
I think really it does boil down to like getting your mind focused and clear on what action to take so that you're not taking unaligned action that is for to, to what point, what is the energy and effort for this action? Especially again, if we're people pleasing, we're probably doing actions that aren't truly authentic to ourselves, but trying to get the love that we think we're not going to get if we fuck shit up, you know? Yeah. So trust, trust just comes in time, like with one's proficiency, you know, one step at a time, you build that block and it's same with developing intuition. That's obviously the biggest, the biggest thing is I trust myself because I go in and listen and know that the advice I give myself isn't you're a fucking piece of shit. You're not going to do it. It's right. Hey, you know what to do. You're resilient. You're flexible. You've done this before. Get it together, girl, go, you know, like there's a difference. And one of the cards in the Oracle deck is your soul whispers love and your ego shouts fear. And that ego is always the one trying to stop us from taking that leap of faith or trusting ourselves or moving beyond what we think is even possible. But that gentle whisper of like, you know, you can do it that we all have this like weird dynamic energy of like, I'm pretending to not be confident. But also I know I'm fucking confident. So it's like, can we just stop pretending that we're not confident and just be and like, right. That's enough. Like we don't, we don't have to be an ego. We don't have to be like, look at me. I need attention. There's, there's, a, there's always a delicate balance to literally everything. So it is finding that comfortability of, um, knowing that I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm on my way of progressing and learning. And I'm going to keep taking action steps. And oh my God, like, had I guessed 10 years ago when I first started reading Oracle card or tarot cards for my hair clients that I would be here just like reading people's auras that I don't need the cards and all the things and I can't get people to stop talking to me from the other side. Like I would have never guessed that was possible. When I first started working with uh, Chris for hypnosis, he would, you know, guide you down and turn down to one. And he would be like, okay, what do you see? I'm like, black. I just see black. <laughs> There's just like a lot of black. I don't see anything. It's not working. It's not working. And he's like, no, seeing black is seeing something. And pfft, that was all I needed to change my mindset. I was like, Ooh, seeing black is seeing something. Okay. I'm doing something. And now, I mean, he can look at me and I'm like, I'm a trance, you know, like, yeah. because it's taken thousands of hours of practice. So if you want to be good at something, the best advice I got when I, when I was like, I don't want to do hair anymore, but I want to be creative and express myself. I was trying to find like what that next step was for me. It became photography. But when I was studying photography, I was doing boudoir. I studied from this amazing, uh, New York boudoir uh, photographer named Krista Miola. And she said, if you want to be a great photographer, take 10,000 photos. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for haircuts. My first haircut was atrocious and it was on myself. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, <laughs> just, it's going to take time. So if you are that person that's like all or nothing, well, if I'm not going to be perfect, then I'm just not going to start. Like you've already, you, that to me is that's failure. It's not trying and looking like a fool and falling down on your ass. Cause I'll fail my way to success sis. you know, like I have no problem looking like a fool trying to figure something out because I guarantee the more, the few times I've looked like a fool versus the, like, you know, a little uncomfortable lessons or the, wow, that was easy. I didn't know. Just, wow. It just happened. You know, like you're going to experience all that, no matter what, no matter how confident you are. I mean, Adele still gets on the stage and throws up before every performance. That bitch can sing. Does okay? she really? Yes. Like that bitch can sing. Why are you throwing up? And it just is what it is. Fear is always going to show up. I always say, just put her in the back seat and bring her along. Cause she's coming. She's going to, it's going to come up. That's always going to come up. I don't care how enlightened or wise or whatever. It still is present. It's just, does it have power over you? Yes. It's, are you aware enough to recognize when you're creating that self-sabotaging cycle and 
in control of your emotion and mental bodies to say, nope, we're breaking the cycle. We're going to do something differently by responding differently to ourselves and the feelings that we feel and to the other people that are involved. So it's changing your response to things that can change your life. It doesn't have to be hard. We think it has to be this massive overhaul, like, you know, like flip your whole life upside down, shake the snow globe, like one small change in all the little categories in your life, like drinking more water, seven or above the people that you're surrounding yourself with, like those little small things, they don't take a lot of effort, but they do take a choice. And sometimes making that choice can be the hardest thing. But if you're someone who isn't in love with your life, what's the worst that could happen? Like, just Mm -hmm. try it. Just all of my life has been an experiment of like, well, it hasn't been great. Let me just try (laughs) Let's see if the salt water does better than, you know, the Gatorade. Let's just see. Yeah. It's just been an experiment. And if I like it, I keep it. If I don't, I'm I'm not a failure. I just know that's not for me. And I think people think that if it, a relationship or a friendship doesn't work out, then they're just, they're fucked. And it's just, I'm terrible, but not everything is meant to last. Actually the great Terrence McKenna, who's a, I guess you would call him like a psychonaut who studies like psilocybin and mushrooms. Like he's the godfather of the mushrooms, right? He, uh, he said out of everything I've ever learned and all the mushroom trips and all the DMT and all the fucking, all the wisdom being channeled. He said the, the number one lesson that I'll leave you with, cause he's passed. He said, the number one lesson I'll leave you with is that nothing lasts, nothing lasts, not in its same state, right? We're all eternal. Our energy will only transmute. It's not going to be destroyed. Science has taught us that for your logical brains. Um, we can thank Einstein for that experiment, but the truth is nothing lasts, not the way that your relationship with your mom used to be, not the way that your body used to be in seventh grade. I know I'll never forget coaching a 21 year old, which I'm like, how did you, you know, foreign to fucking, I, I didn't ask, you know what I mean? Whatever. Like, thank you. Uh, she signed up to me and she, she's like, I just hate my body. I hate my body. And she's like 21. Right. Are you fucking kidding me at 21? Like, no way. Like your body is probably gonna be in the best possible you right. know, not necessarily <laughs> true, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you got good odds at 21 sis. So she's like, I hate my body so much. And I'm looking at her like, Oh, why? Like, are you crazy? Like what? Okay. Let's dive in. Let's figure this out. Right. The reason why she hated her body is because the self-image, the mental picture she made of her own self in her mind was her body from seventh grade, mm. her body from seventh grade. I'm like, sister, you are never going to be like four foot two. Okay. Right. Like, right. You're not going back. Okay. So I think it's so important for us to always make sure of that, you know, keeping your thoughts and your words clean by being aware and knowing that they have power, thoughts have power and the words have power. I mean, just when someone says something kind to you, that changes your life. It makes you feel good. When someone says something mean to you, it can take all the hundred kind things that they ever said and just negate it. Like you don't realize how powerful they are. And sticks and stones may break my bones. Sure. But they do affect you. And if you don't have a strong sense of self or confidence, like I'm be real misty. If I didn't know I was a fucking hot shit. And you're like, I didn't think I was going to like you when I met you, like that could have fucked someone up, you know, but I'm amazing. And I, I know that you'll like me, so it's fine. But you know what I mean? Like you have no idea, like how impactful we can be in each other's life. And that's why I think this conversation around surrounding yourself with community is so important because the women that I I bring into my adopted family have been wounded by people saying terrible things to them, whether it be their father, their ex-partner, or even like sisterhood wounds from like girls that I had a girl comment yesterday when I was talking about finding your tribe. She's like, I literally have never felt like I've had a girlfriend that I can connect with. And I'm like, girl, fucking DM me. You know what I mean? Like, 
let's start the conversation because no one should feel that way. And I, the question that I asked her was, well, when's the last time you put yourself out there and allowed for a new community? Cause I've got to make sure that they're willing and, and there's effort because I don't, you know, like you could be telling yourself a story of like, it's not possible for me. It's not possible for me. And you have no willingness to change. I think as a coach, you know, that if there's not a willingness to change, Nothing's going to change. There's no change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. Absolutely. Like fucking peace out. Like the willingness has to be there. And that's the same with the hypnosis work that Chris does. If you're not willing to change and let go of the old beliefs that you're clinging to, then nothing he says or helps you to guide you to your power and to, yeah. It won't matter. You yeah. have to want it for yourself. And I think um, when you want new community, you will attract them. That that saying, your vibe attracts your tribe. Literally the first um, OVO funnel, like when I was starting the online business, I'm like, I need to make a funnel. Like, what the fuck is that? The first funnel, this is so funny. One of the very first funnels I ever created was a, a free PDF um, ebook on finding your tribe and creating ah. sisterhood. Yeah. And it was like steps on like finding your tribe, like going to, if you like yoga, Hey, don't go to the bar, go to the yoga studio. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you want to find those aligned people. So that was literally one of my very first offers. So sisterhood community, uh, you know, it's so important to me and it's been interesting in being someone who uh, is a leader and holding space for people, because it takes a lot of, as someone who is doing this type of work, and maybe you've experienced this, it takes a lot of knowing who you are, knowing your value and what you bring to the table when you do trigger people within that community or how that dynamic reflects back to you, I think is so important for, um, our own growth and our own healing, but not to take anything personal. So I think we protect ourselves from community because we're, we're scared of seeing our own inner shadows and our own inner fears. Well, all the judgments, right? Like even like, like it's, and it's not that I didn't think I like you (laughs) for the record. Uh, So, so for the listeners, just a little context. Um, I, as you know, now, I mean, actually I'm a lot more woo woo than I used to be. I I was like, she's just denying her magic. Yeah. I was like, I wasn't anti woo woo. I just didn't like understand it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very like, okay, like give me proof, like show me, like I need to hold it. I need to see it, you know? So I did not think I would connect with Brit at all because she's very woo woo. And I was like, yeah, no, we're probably not going to. And I didn't, I don't think we, I thought we'd not get along. I just didn't think we would connect. Um, and then, you know, we did, and I love you to death. So it's like, I think that when you go into these spaces, you do have to be very open, you know? And then I now think when I start thinking of why I think I don't want to connect with somebody, I have to ask myself why. You know, like why, why do I feel like I wouldn't connect with them? You know, what, what is it within me that like scares me about what they're saying or what they're doing, you know, which has taken me a long time to learn, you know, because I used to just be like, yeah, no, they're just not my people. I don't know them. <laughs> yeah, like, know? I, I, like I said, there's a fine balance between that fear of projection from other people and, and rejection essentially, but also that that uh, intimacy of acceptance too. Like it, both, both sides are scary. So I think really it boils down to just take the risk, put yourself out there and put yourself in community and rooms with people who align with the things that you like. And uh, Chris was sharing this. Uh, we inter- we interviewed our podcast manager uh, this week. So it was a very interesting conversation because she has been running our show for two years, at least two years now. So she knows even more than, than anyone, you know, she knows right. all the- and, uh, 
well, sh- shit, I think I just lost my train of thought given too much context. Uh, uh, the podcast, um, talking with your podcast editor mm-hmm. on the podcast, but, but, but lots of podcast words. See, I cannot talk today. Sorry, guys. We're screwed. We're screwed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> this is taking a, a hard left. <laughs> okay. Well, I digress. I can't even, I can't recall my brain just like whoop, zipped out of here. But either way, I think what's, uh, t- well, it was about taking risks. We were talking about taking risks, putting yourself out letting there. Go, yeah. Putting yourself out there, kind of letting go of judgment of, you know, around not judging other people as well as judging yourself. I think I'm going to add that in there. Um, but we only just, judge others because we judge ourselves Yes. and we feel inadequate. Then we have to find someone else's inadequacy. And I noticed when I stopped judging myself, I started to find the things that I enjoyed about other people. And that was my biggest takeaway. Um, you know, if you work with clients, especially in the hair salon, or if you're in person with a client, the first thing that I do when anyone walks through my door comes into my physical presence, even if I don't know you, even if I get introduced to you in the grocery line, my number one rule you want, here's my, here's my real secret trick. I'll tell you my name, but that's how, that's how you open the dialogue But the real secret trick to get those walls to melt and help people be in rapport with you. So they feel safe and comfortable enough to share who they really are. Offer a compliment. That's it. Mm. Offer a compliment. So for me, I'm not just like bullshitting, like, oh, I love your hair. And I'm thinking I should fucking totally balayage that shit. It looks right. terrible. <laughs> 18. You know what I mean? I look for as an intuitive, I look for something that has intention behind what they did. If it's a particular necklace or if they did their an earring or a makeup or their hair was styled a certain way or out, like you can tell when you look at someone that they did something with intention, like, Ooh, they really like, we're putting it on with those purple nails today. You know, like you can tell. So for me, I take a moment to observe, to receive and to experience that person who, what they're showing me and really find, well, what is that thing that authentic? connects with me that obviously they love because they're representing it. Um, so I'm not just like, Oh my God, you look so beautiful today. That's bullshit. Right. right. It's like asking, how are you? Like, can we right. just, can we just ask a different question? And my question is, what are you passionate about? Don't get me in an elevator. Cause I will not let it be quiet. I will not let it be quiet. I hate just everyone gets in there, closes off their solar plexus in their heart and they look down and I know all those motherfuckers just want to be loved. They right. want to be talked to. They want to It's share. like walking randoms in the elevator, hugging them. <laughs> Girl, don't even dare. Yeah, I don't even need a dare. I'm, that's what I'm, next time I'm in an elevator, I'm just going to hug someone. So I'm going to give them a hug. Hey, I'll tell you how, I'll tell you how it goes off Chris Philman. <laughs> That's so funny. You know what I do to people? And this is like, I've done it to quite a few people when I meet somebody and I like, just like them, you know, like sometimes you just meet somebody, you just know that you like them. I will straight up be like, we're going to be friends. I like you. (laughs) And it's like kind of awkward, but like, it's not like, it almost like a little bit of an icebreaker. Cause you know, when you meet somebody and you like them, but you don't know if they like you back. And it's that weird, like, am I being weird? Cause I like that. Like, so I'll just straight up be like, I like you. We're going to be friends and people love it. Yeah. I mean, I I'm always upfront and honest. I asked Chris to marry me twice. I'm like, I'm not trying to beat around the bush, man. I'm letting you know I'm committed. Like, hello, you got commitment, commitment issues. Like, hello, let's do this. Um, so I I think it is important. Be the first as a leader, you've got to be the first to make the move. So stop waiting around. If you're listening to this podcast, you're someone who cares about receiving more information, knowledge. You're not just sitting back and like being passive to life. You're someone who's going to take this, assimilate it and go fucking take action. So my action step for everyone listening is like, 
go insert yourself in new community. And that's honestly, I love the communities that I'm in that I've built, which it, you know, it feels weird when I'm like posting, like I'm looking for a new community. I'm not like fucking poster boarding it or anything, but like, I'm looking for a different flavor in what I'm moving forward towards. I'm feeling really drawn to the yoga community right now. and like really getting back to my roots of yoga teaching and yoga practicing and all that like realm and learning, you know, the sutras and all that stuff. Like I'm kind of over learning about balayage and haircuts and yeah. growing the online business funnels and shit. Like did it great. Let's move on. Let's find that next flavor. And that comes with new community too. So it's about finding the balance of maintaining relationships that still bring that support and always having it open. I know you have people in your life that you could call that you haven't seen or talked to in years and you just like, boom, pick right back up. So I think it's important to know that the seasons change and the friendships and the groups and the circles change. But it, again, it doesn't take the love away, even though a lot of people feel that because of their fear of rejection, you can't take it personal. And I think that's the biggest, oh, that, that was the biggest lesson is that I was going to circle back to is that you can't take it personal as a coach or as a leader when you have those people that like, if you pull back, then they project all of their inadequacies on, onto you like, well, oh my God, what did I do wrong? But it has nothing to do with them. And like you said earlier, everyone in the room is thinking everyone's going to judge me. No one likes me. And so they take everything personal. I left the CrossFit gym and all of our friends at that time took it very personal. Like it was, they don't love me or they don't like us anymore because they had gone through that with other people and partners in the partner business partners in the experience. So that same fear was being perpetuated in their mind. It was their opportunity to break the cycle, but they didn't until right. years passed. And we've still reached out on holidays, on birthdays, on the things we show up. Hell, the gym owner actually took me to go get my stitches at, like out after I got my fucking in the car accident. Cause I don't have a car. I'm like, right. who do I call? I'm going to call the owner of the CrossFit gym because she's always been there. Even though when we pulled away, they took it personal. We continued to show them by those, those random check-ins. I'm, I'm here for you. When things happen, we reach out, you know, it's like, you can still maintain a relationship, but it doesn't have to be the same. Like every day we were playing volleyball every day, all day. Like we did right. that for a year straight. You know what I mean? So I think you have to know that people are going to project that fear of rejection onto you, but don't take it personally because you know, it doesn't have anything to do with them. It's just, you're changing, you're evolving and you're growing. So again, be kind, don't have to be like, I'm over it, you know, squash, right. kill dead it, you know, but I think, uh, knowing that seasons change, people change, your interests change, your creativity, your passion, your drive, your everything, it all changes. And that's why I think it's so important to start that self-care first thing in the morning by asking that very simple question. What do I need? Yeah. Extremely powerful because you're the only one that can do it for you. Mic drop. I love that. Brit, I love you so much. This was great. I think this is a perfect place to end it. Um, tell the people where they can find you and what you've got coming up. I know you've got all kinds of fun things. Yeah. Um, you can check out all the sparkle magic, including my courses, links to retreats, the club, the podcast, the blogs, the meditations, all the sparkle magic goes down at brittanycarmichael.com. But if you want to step outside your comfort zone and make a new friend, I only bite a little, you can DM me at the world by Brit. Um, I think that is, I'm keeping everything simple in my life these days. So it, if, if you don't find it on the website, DM me, you know, yeah. <laughs> definitely start the conversation. 
Um, and yeah, the next, uh, goddess retreat, we're going to Costa Rica in April, 2024. We're so excited to go international. It's been literally almost 10 years to the date since we went to Costa Rica and, uh, Costa Rica was a life-changing experience for me. Actually, it was the first time I got featured in behind the chair with my hair work. And it was like that up level of like, oh my God, I can fucking do it. Yeah. Uh, and then the next day we're trying to make food in our treehouse, and the ants are getting in <laughs> to the potatoes and I'm crying because we don't have salt and pepper or oil. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even, I don't think we realize how blessed and abundant we are living in the U S and I, it was just like one <laughs> Costa Rica taught me a lot from one high to one very incredible low to realize that, holy shit, we're so spoiled and we need to get our shit together and be a lot more grateful and appreciative of our lives. So not necessarily a retreat, a pitch by any means, but uh, why, like why I love going to Costa Rica. And I'm just so excited to go back because when you get into nature, when you get into the heart of nature, all of the identities of who you think you are, how people perceive you, all that's stripped away. And I keep referring to this retreat as stripped. I'm like, I feel like I'm uh, Christina Aguilera, Britney Spears. Or something. Just, it's my stripped album, you know, but like, just want to strip. A nude, it's a nudist retreat. Not really. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, that does, ha- you know, it does happen. Okay. <laughs> but seriously, a holding space for women. And these retreats are really where I, I plan to head in the future is just continuing my coaching and my retreats and letting the salon go and all that extra stuff. And just keeping it simple, grow a garden, help people heal. Boom. I love it. I love it. Britt, thank you so much. I will be putting all this in the show notes so they can find it nice and easy. And yes, definitely, definitely reach out to her. She's awesome. Thank you. Once again, thank you for listening to the Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. I appreciate each and every one of my listeners more than you know. If you like what you hear, please screenshot this episode, share it with a friend, share it on social media, and don't forget to tag me, Misty Jane, and the podcast at Cash Confident Stylist Podcast. You can even take it a step further and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Talk with you on the next one.